Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 514, The Power of Reconnecting with Nature. Today, we're going to be talking about rekindling our connection with nature and harnessing its invaluable lessons. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Rosie Tompkins, who's founding partner of Instinctive Leadership and Development and an executive coach and advisor. So welcome, Rosie. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. My pleasure. Did I pronounce your company name right? You did indeed. Thank you. Instinctive. <laughs> yes, thank you. Excellent. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, I would describe myself probably as a serial entrepreneur. Um, this is my fourth business. And if someone could have told me I'd be working with nature and horses, I would have thought they were probably a bit barking mad. Uh, <laughs> but that's exactly where I've ended up. So um, I've been lucky enough to, you know, grow businesses and sell businesses to PLCs. So my first business was Adventure Sports and it went into the healthcare area. Um and from that, I had the most incredible experience in that I moved from being my own, obviously the leader of my own ship into a corporate environment. And in that environment, I noticed that they were often very keen on all these 360 degree feedbacks, et cetera, et cetera. And really kind of looking at what people weren't doing that well um, rather than celebrating strengths. Um, so I thought if I ever go into training myself, I would like to reverse that trend and really celebrate people's strengths and give them positivity and confidence to be the leader they, they need to be. Lovely. And so then then what happened? How did we you end up doing what you do now? And what what is that? <laughs> okay. so, um, it's a long story as always, but um, fundamentally, I was working in the corporate environment. I went to a course. I was asked to go to a course and met a lady there who said, would I like to uh, join her in a day working with horses? I thought she was bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I said yes, as I tend to do. And it, it, it excited me. I've always loved horses. I've always loved animals. I've always been really into nature. So it was an opportunity to kind of understand what she was doing. So I went up to see her. She put me in an arena with a, a half a ton of um, stallion, <laughs> four-year-old stallion. Um, uh, an Andalusian stallion even more exciting and um, basically I was given the whole arena to work with him with no ropes no head collars I certainly wasn't riding him and to find his potential um, which was you know surprisingly um, difficult um, suddenly to be you know thrown into that situation but within 10-15 minutes I'd learned more about myself than any coach or any facilitator or any CEO could have told me. Well. I thought, wow, what an incredible experience. How can I share this with the world? Um, and uh, so I kind of went on a journey to see if I could 
find a way or a structure or something that was palatable between the learnings of nature and the business, you know, the boardroom, the business, the team. And by trying to find a kind of, as I say, a palatable language that wasn't too touchy-feely, um, I've managed to construct um, a business which I call instinctive and a kind of formula that works in the business setting. And I use a lot of models in my work that are from nature itself in, in showing people learnings and, you know, things that might change or help them to be more comfortable in their jobs, etc. And you've got a, a book coming out shortly um, related. Well, well, tell us a bit more about that. Okay, so the book um, is called Let Nature Be Your Compass. Um, it's being published uh, on the 31st of October. Very exciting. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you can pre-order the book. Uh, but Let Nature Be Your Compass is all about introducing the power of natural intelligence. Um, and again, you know, this is how I connect people Everyone's heard of IQ. Uh, a lot of people know about EQ in business. Some people have heard about SQ, spiritual intelligence, but few people have heard about natural intelligence. And so they say, well, what is that? Um, and for me, I describe it as uh, NQ or natural intelligence is the kind of positive use of your instincts and insights and perspectives to allow you to make decisions at speed. So it's a kind of coming from a place of deep knowing. So I'm not saying that all the other intelligences aren't useful. Of course they are. But for me, um, this kind of idea of IQ and EQSQ, it's like a three-legged stool. And I feel that leadership and self-leadership should be a four-legged chair and it should be including NQ, natural intelligence. Lovely. So, sorry. Yeah. So let's talk a bit then about... Um, leaders and and organizations and the concept of of using nature inspired principles I, I guess you probably you have a bit of an advantage because you were in corporate and you've been able to sort of introduce that there but you know what what do you say when you meet people you know leaders who think exactly what you th thought when you were about to get into that arena with that horse <laughs> <laughs> which is this is a bit bonkers you know what what's what what do you say to to leaders about the importance of nature and the importance of this work for the their leadership so the first thing I would always say to everybody is that we are not in nature we actually are nature mm. uh, we are an animal uh, we're just a different species um, and this kind of uh, learning about yourself is a it's a, an incredible experience because you very rarely get to see how you come across. Um, but when you work with horses, obviously, they can't communicate with you verbally. Mm -hmm. um, so they they bring out about a learning that you wouldn't you know about. So it's immediately it's like a mirror to what's actually going on in the organization. So I can tell and, and it comes up very quickly what culture is present. Is this a fear based culture or is it a culture of collaboration or, you know, of learning together? Is it an ex exceptional company? Is everybody, you know, uh, feeling heard and feeling valued? Um, and that's really the, the start of the program. Mm -hmm. And most, most people don't get that opportunity to do that. So, you know, you can't do this work in a classroom because it re relies on someone, you know, as I say, with most of the time with horses, they really don't care, you know, how much money you've got, uh, what car you drive or, or what position you hold in the business. They just want you to be congruent in the way you are 
Mm-hmm. And that's what organizations need. They need honesty and congruency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, uh, with other things as well, obviously. But once mm-hmm. you have those two principles, you know, you're away, you know that someone's got your back, that you can actually voice what you need to voice. It's mm-hmm. not like a culture of fear. So that's mm-hmm. how I work. And, um, you know, I tell people to get out of their heads and, and come to their senses, literally, mm-hmm. you know, if we've forgotten how important our senses are um, to our work and our kind of um, our jobs and our careers. Yes. Yeah. So, so talk us through what that sort of looks like. So you you you, you meet a, a client and, and they want to work with you. What what then happens? Okay, so it's just a normal consultancy process. So, you know, you would do a needs analysis, you'd work with them. Um, obviously, um, you'd interview their staff and go through, they, uh, they, we have one-to-one interviews with, you know, a selection of the staff, depending on how big the company is. Um, it's anonymous, so we find out what the problems are, just like any form of consultancy. And then we get a, a picture of what actually is going on. And then from that, then we present an idea. So, for example, you know, if it was something like communication breakdowns, then we know that, you know, we'd be, the context would be communication. And then we build the day around that. So how do animals in the wild communicate? What do they do? So, for example, with a herd of horses, um, I normally let the horses in and they are free. They're at liberty. And I ask three questions, um, you know, who, what's going on, which horse are you drawn to and why, which is an interesting um, in itself, an exercise in itself, because everyone has a different view on which horse they're drawn to and why. And then very quickly, who's the leader and why? And again, if you've not been around horses, you've not seen a herd of horses, you wouldn't even know that there was a leader, probably. Um, So suddenly you're, you're seeing something outside your comfort zone that's different. And you're having to really reflect and look at life from a different perspective. And the great thing about horses, and I find that fascinating, you know, most people's leadership, ideas of leadership are still, you know, strong leadership, you know, male leadership. And they tend to go for the, what I call the male, you know, the alpha male. But in a herd of horses, the herd is led by the alpha female. So all their conditioning is changed overnight. So by the end of the day, they realize that, leadership comes in all sorts of packages and it doesn't have to be always alpha and Mm -hmm. it certainly isn't about ego and they have to learn that on the prairie if the horses don't work as a herd they're dead so you know it's about bringing your best game to the table for the good of the whole so the book uses examples of how nature does this in the wild and how you know a lot of nature is collaborative um, you know, people tend to focus on dog eat dog in nature, but actually there is there after the, they've been satiated, there is actually a lot of collaboration that goes on in, in nature between species as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how does that then translate back into the workplace? So, you know, the, the, you've set up the program, given the, the sort of research that you've done, they've, they've come and, and spent the time, day, whatever it, it is with the, the horses you know with any program it's always that how do you do something different as a result of it so how does that work yeah absolutely and, and you're absolutely right you know there's absolutely no point in doing this unless you can then put it into a forward plan um suddenly you've had an on- honest conversation you've seen what the roadblocks are you know what's going on and then you just as a group decide on the priority list what we're going to work on first 
how we're going to plan that, what we're going to change in the organisation, you know, what things are not working, et cetera, et cetera, and just a plan of action for the future. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's sorted out, you know, at the end of the day or whatever it is, a a week or a a month or a year even of the programmes that we run. And my programs tend to be integrated with other people. So there I'm just one of a facilitating team. Um, so they pass through my door, uh, you know, or, or into my paddock for a short while. And I pick up all the the insights and then present them back to the other facilitators to work on uh, in lo- longer term. Right. So it can be what I call a disruptive experience. So we get through all the kind of um, politically correctness and find the real nub of the problem. And then we work together with other facilitators to change the culture or whatever's needed or to, you know, help people to change or move on or celebrate or yeah, whatever it is the company needs uh, in a future plan. Okay. And you've, you talked about um, natural intelligence, you know, being part of the, the bigger picture of intelligences yeah. um, and, and talked a bit about, um, the sort of intuition that's connected to that how in in leadership how 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 can people use that knowledge how can people sort of use that intelligence if you like um how should they be using that intelligence not being something that's often discussed um well so i give an example of natural intelligence so you know it is difficult to uh, unless i give you an example but um, one of my friends is a senior consultant. Um, they were having difficulty with a patient in hospital who was very unhappy and very stressed out, and they couldn't really calm this patient down. Suddenly, through the door comes a nurse, and the nurse suddenly sings, you know, starts singing a song, and the patient then was completely relaxed. That would not be in a textbook to sing a song to a patient. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and so but I that's what I call natural intelligence what's appropriate in the moment what's appropriate right now and there are many examples of that where you know we all have natural intelligence and sometimes it's suppressed and my view is that that is at our you know that is not the right thing to do we need to be able to bring all our game to the table so the other example would be the Hudson River landing which I'm sure a lot of your listeners will remember where Mm -hmm. Sully Sullenberger landed, I think it was a 747 on the Hudson River. Yes. Uh, He'd been told to return to LaGuardia uh, Airport. And in that that second or that split second, he made a decision to land and save the lives of all the passengers. Um, For me, that was a combination of all the intelligences working together. You know, he's a very experienced pilot. He's got very huge amount of time in in the cockpit. Um, and yet he decided uh, this deep knowing was to do something different and to land the plane on the Hudson River. Um, mm. so again, you know, great example of natural intelligence, in my view, um, mm. that we all have within us. And, you know, most people are very frightened at the moment of speaking out. There's a kind of culture of uh, being scared to be judged. Um, and I think that does suppress employees. You know, they think, well, I'm not being paid to stick my head above the parapets. And if I am, how will I be received? Um, And it takes a huge amount of courage to do that in certain, you know, environments um, and cultures. And Mm -hmm. uh, that will, that will, at the end of the day, if that continues, you will move jobs. You will go somewhere else because you're purple, you're not on purpose. 
you're not bringing your best game to the table. It doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve you, the organization, or your kind of future if you're mm. in that kind of situation. So mm. that's my the view that the value of NQ is 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 really really important. So let's talk a bit more about purpose, um, and that sort of relates to um, our first enabler of having a strong strategic narrative within the organization and being able to sort of share that with people um you mentioned before we started the the interview uh about you know purposeful work i think you may have even mentioned this in the introduction yeah. how how does nature connect to that how can individuals and, and teams and leaders um have a, a deeper sense of purpose through that connection that they have with nature so again, you know, I think sometimes in life we get lost and sometimes we don't know what it is that's missing. Um, and, you know, we might have all the, the so-called things that we think we need um, are kind of working fine for us. So to give you an example, um, sometimes I work one-to-one. -one. I often mainly work with teams, but on this occasion, it was a CEO of a, um, a software company. He built the software company himself. Um, he was based in London. He worked in a, you know, as a lot of people do, uh, in an office that with no daylight, etc., and was extremely successful, um, and had made lots of money, but had this, you know, crazy, well, this deep feeling of dissatisfaction. Um, mm. He felt he wasn't on purpose, um, so he came to me, and we worked in a different way, a very different way, um, where we explored the, what leadership feels like. You know, it's a a very different way of doing it but there is you know leadership from behind there are different positions where you can lead a team or lead from um but finally and in, in the day you know obviously i did a lot of work with him i finally took him into the paddock and just lay he didn't know he was blindfolded at that time so I laid his, yeah it was quite unusual but he was very as i say he agreed to everything and i laid his hands on the horse um and the minute he felt that connection that's what was missing for him was that he'd isolated himself at the top. And when his hands literally landed on this horse and it was warm and he felt this heartbeat and the, the breathing, it really um, hit him hard. Um, and he realized in that moment that he'd been missing out on, um, on a connection. Um, and he was actually from the foothills of the uh, from um, Pakistan, where as a child he'd been brought up in nature, and he disconnected himself from that, and he hadn't realised. Um, so, as I say, his life in London was very much, you know, um, stuck in the office all day, etc. And he hadn't realised that by doing that, he was really uh, squashing his innovation, his creativity, his time. He was so busy and so overwhelmed that he felt so disconnected from everything and everybody and everything. And mm. that was a, a massive change for him. He went back and he restructured his organization so that he could have more time out of the office to have these, you know, to have time for him to be more creative again. Um, and he just, it just, you know, he said it changed his life overnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's those aha moments and they're different for everybody. Um, everybody has something that, they probably, I call it um, a blind spot. Um, and I explain how animals have blind spots and how, you know, as, as we are animals, uh, we are animals, a different species, as I said before, but we also need to understand our blind spots and see what's going on. And this is a great opportunity 
to have these unusual experiences and it doesn't always have to be with horses I mean you know it's very very fortunate if you can have an experience with horses but it's just nature generally and you know pointing out that you know nature is you know for me is is always there it's a constant so it's very reassuring you know the the moon always comes out the sun comes around in the morning the seasons change and how constant nature is by our side just looking out of the window you know at the leaves and the seasons and the trees changing and dropping and then we we you know the seeds coming through and the bulbs in the spring it's re very reassuring for people um to be out in and this constancy of nature around us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it strikes me that, that there's a connection with the sort of um the area of business that's that's discussed quite a lot um now and i guess it's probably more important to me than ever before as i uh, work part of the time in the sustainability sector but uh, that you know environmental sustainability um connects or well, this connects quite well to that you know that um that more and more organizations are thinking about the environment are thinking about sustainability are thinking about their supply chains and and the impact on the environment um tell me a bit more about your thoughts on that yeah and I, that's i mean absolutely i mean i'm not a biologist and i'm not a specialist in sustainability but what I do think is that, you know, uh, nature is very uplifting and thought provoking and that, um, you know, we need to be using metaphors and analogies in the classroom, in the business um, constantly to kind of, uh, what's the word, kind of um, make people feel more confident in their ability. So I use, for example, the idea of a little spider, you know, the spider, most people are terrified of a spider. But the reality is, you know, this is an incredible architect. You know, the little thing will build a web between, you know, wherever a little doorway or somewhere, and we swipe it away without a thought, you know? And the resilience that that spider has to come back and rebuild that web. Um, so we can apply the, that message to our own work, you know, the resilience of when something doesn't work, coming back and reframing it or, you know, researching it or doing it in a different way and, and rebuilding. So. There's so many examples from nature, you know, the, the power, the power of presence is one I love in my book, um, how, um, you know, man built a, a hotel in the middle of Zambia and uh, didn't think to what might happen if they built it in the autumn. And in the spring, this five star hotel kind of appeared in, in the middle of nowhere. And in the spring, the wild elephants, uh, that was their that that was their kind of journey to the mango groves uh -huh. so they suddenly found yeah. a, you know a five-star hotel in the way and what did they do um they just walked through it mm -hmm. they didn't do any damage to it they just walked through the five-star hotel and now it's become you know an incredible attraction for everybody to go and see these elephants walking through the hotel and again you know what does that tell us about that and our resourcefulness and our kind of our power that you know if we're on track to do something you know, you, 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 that the power of intention um, in a business to be successful or to be the best thing we can, there's always an example from nature to help us on our way. And, mm. you know, when things are going wrong, you know, the, I always say, you know, we, we, terrible things are going on in the world, but however, you know, animals every day have to survive and they have only themselves to, to help them survive. So again, that incredible, um, power they have 
that we can use and integrate in our, our learning. Mm-hmm. So we're coming to the last few minutes of, of the show. Um, tell us a bit more about um, the book and, um, you know, who, who should be reading it and how it will be helping them. Yeah, so I think the book is aimed at an audience who are really looking for something uh, uplifting and thought provoking um, that will inspire them in leading the life they want. So it's a book for leading your own life, leading your team or leading your business. And it's aimed at, you know, people who are change makers, um, high achievers, early adopters, pioneers, really, and new thinkers and people who can influence, you know, um, and that's who I want to reach. Um, and it hopefully it will give them, um, uh, say the book is easy to read. I see it as like an airport book, pick it up in the airport, if it was in the airport shop <laughs> and read it on the plane, because it just gives you a different perspective of looking at things and for, you know, looking at your own life and where you're going and are you on purpose? And as I say, reflecting on case studies, there's a lot of case studies of the work I do um working with um i work with all sorts of teams in all sorts of businesses um and how they they use this work as you say to go back with and it's unforgettable you know you often go on courses where you forget you know a day later what you were actually learning and you know powerpoint presentations and things like that but this is memorable work you you never forget the insights and the aha moments that you have mm. out there in the arena mm. Mm. yeah I think the book is, as I say, for people who have um, certainly got a few miles on the clock. I think it is for certainly people who are looking for something that will inspire them. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Rosie, for your time today. It's been really interesting. Thank you, uh, Joe. Thank you very much indeed. Pleasure to be here. And just to let you know, next week we've got Maria Marukian with Andy Gorham, and they're talking about better communication to foster competent and respectful workplaces. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.